and 11 through 32, the parable of the prodigal son. Hear these words of scripture. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to feed it to, to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and he refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years, I've been slaving for you, never disobeyed your orders yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Sue. We are in the fourth week of Lent. Lent is the six weeks before Easter in which we prepare ourselves for the gift of grace on Easter morning. And often we do this through restraint, and confession, and piety, and it can feel like we're trying to earn that grace, that gift of Easter morning. But in this year's Lenten series, we are doing things a bit differently. Instead of focusing on our own unworthiness, 
the way we feel unworthy. We are leaning into the truth that there's nothing we can do to earn the gift of Easter. We are emphasizing in this series the promise of our own baptisms, that we have been full to the brim with God's grace in our lives, that God has already claimed us as God's own, and there's nothing we can do to, that will ever change or erase that. And this truth, it's seen very clearly in today's scripture. This scripture is often called the prodigal son um, parable, and it's one of the most famous of Jesus' teachings. I know I have preached on it several times, even several times here at BUMC, and I have to admit, when I saw this this parable come up again, I thought, really? We're going to do this one again? And yet, when I read through this scripture this time, as often it happens this way with Scripture, I came to see it a little bit differently because I'm in a different place and that God is speaking to us in this different place in our world. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The first few verses that Sue read for us this morning share why Jesus is telling this story. He's talking to Pharisees and the religious leaders, the ones who are allegedly striving to follow the rules and and to follow God's law. And they take offense to Jesus who is welcoming all of these what they call rule breakers. They say, this man welcomes sinners, and he eats with them. And Jesus answers this criticism with three different parables. First, there's a parable of the lost lamb. Then there's the parable of the lost coin. And then finally, this parable of the prodigal son. And through all of these parables, Jesus is saying, rule breakers, listen, I came for the rule breakers. I am like this shepherd who is so concerned about the one lost lamb that I leave the other 99 to tend to it. And I'm like the woman who sweeps the entire house just to find one single coin. And then when I do find it, I give an expensive party. Do you see this? Do you understand? No, not quite? Well, let me tell you this last story. And that's where we hear the prodigal son. And it's this, the prodigal son is often referred to as this younger son who's self-centered and dishonorable. Right out of the gate, he tells and demands to his father, give me my inheritance now. I'm not going to wait until you have died. And it's like he's saying to him, you're already dead to me, just give me my money. I want to move on. And so then the son goes and he squanders his money And he ends up in what a first-century Jewish person would consider the epitome of shame. He's working in swine fields, he's feeding the pigs, and he's desperately hungry. And then we read, and starting in verse 17, it says, But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough to spare? And here I am dying of hunger. 
I will get up and I will go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. And then he sets off and he went to the father. Now, I've always read this. Every time I've read this scripture, I've read it as this younger son has this change of heart in this verse 17. He came to himself. He realized what he'd become, what he was doing, and so he decides to amend his ways and beg his father for forgiveness. But the trick is, often with Scripture, is that there's not necessarily in the original all of the punctuation that we have in our English version. And we don't know where the emphasis was. Is it a question mark? Is it an exclamation point? What's going on here? And so we infer these things. So we can also read this scripture that instead of this change of heart, this prodigal son, this younger son, is saying, wait a minute. I know where I can get some food. And he remembers that his hired hands, his father's hired hands, eat pretty well, and he cooks up this scheme in which he's going to return home. He's going to fake this regret and then end his whole speech to his dad with with saying this, this humble humility, throwing in the suggestion of, oh, dear father, I expect no special treatment. Just treat me like one of your hired hands. And if you read it this way, then it's not this tale of repentance and changed heart. It's, it's this self-serving ploy on behalf of this younger son. He's intending to con his father into getting a good meal. And so he sets out for home, and his father, who's been looking for him, watching down the driveway for him, while he's still far off, his father runs towards him, embraces him, before even one single word is spoken. And the son stammers this version of his rehearsed speech that he had for him, but he leaves out that last part, that request to be treated like one of the hired hands. So maybe, just maybe, this father's extravagant, gracious welcome has transformed this this con into a confession. But we know or we can assume anyway, that the father isn't a dummy. The father knows a son, right? He knows that he's self-centered and he's probably returning out of desperation rather than remorse. And yet the father welcomes him anyway with unbridled, ecstatic joy. And if we read the scripture this way, the grace and the love that is shown in the scripture is even more than before. The father knows what's happening, and he is hoping that his love is going to show his son how he truly feels to change his ways. And then we have this elder son who knows his brother all too well as well. And this older brother, he's not buying a lick of it. And he refuses to celebrate his sibling's return. And we can hear this echo of Jesus' critics, the Pharisees, saying, oh, those tax collectors and sinners. They come and they listen to you teach. Yeah, sure, they're there, but they haven't truly repented. They haven't truly changed their lives. You should hold back your welcome 
until they do. And in this parable, Jesus is challenging those Pharisees, those teachers of the law, saying, how are they going to truly change their lives unless I gracefully welcome them first? Grace doesn't follow repentance. Rather, it makes repentance possible. Or as good Wesleyans, we would say that this is the prevenient grace, the grace that goes before. Grace before we even know that God is a thing. The grace that little Zachary experiences in baptism. And Jesus is saying that that grace, it's not just theirs, those, those Pharisees and those tax collectors. He's saying it's your repent, it's yours as well. He's saying to them, come to the party. Let go of all of your hypercritical ways and look, you are already with me. You, what I have is already yours. What do you care if some others come late or, or have this checkered past? You're with me. You're here. These are your siblings, so welcome them. Don't miss out on this opportunity to rejoice. Come and rejoice in God's extravagant love together. Now we hear Jesus saying this to the Pharisees and to us. Because we've all acted like the Pharisees. We've all acted like that older brother at some point. Whether it's my kids saying, hey, that's not fair. He got more Girl Scout cookies than I did. Not that that would ever happen yesterday. <laughs> or it's the, that's not fair. I had to work so much harder to get that. They should have to work just as hard. Even though we found a better and easier way, they need to work just as hard to get it. I've never heard that one. I've also never heard, that's not fair. I was here first. I am first in line. I've always been here. I should be more important. Now those feelings, we've felt them. We've all felt those feelings, right? I, I, yeah. <laughs> all right, you just don't want to admit it. And they're real, they're valid feelings. We want things to be fair. But grace, <laughs> it's not fair. Because fair infers that grace is this limited resource. And it's not. Grace is, God's grace is prodigal. Because prodigal, it means extravagant. Yes, like that younger son. It means lavish and illogical. It doesn't make sense. That is God's grace. It's extravagant in that God's forgiveness is there before we even need it or think that we need it. It's actually what makes repentance possible. Our turning away from the ways of death and the ways of destruction towards the way of truth. God doesn't love us only if we've picked ourselves up by our own proverbial bootstraps and turned towards God. God loves us before we've done the picking up. God loves us so that we can do the picking up. 
God loves us even if we are the con artists coming down the dusty road, even if we have lost our way and we're collaborating with the empire as a sleazy tax collector, God loves us. God loves us even if and no matter what. That is this lavish and illogical grace that we see, that we are full to the brim with. There's always enough of God's grace to go around. And that's the beautiful thing about the church, too, is that with the church, because God is involved, there's more than enough. There is always an abundance, always enough, always space for that one next person, that one next family, that one next baby. There's space here because God, this is God's house. That is the good news of Jesus. Thanks be to God. Amen. As we, I I invite the, the praise band, the worship band to come forward And as I do that, I also want to invite those who are joining online as we move into this time of prayer with one another. I invite you to share any prayers that you have in the comment section on Facebook or also at prayer at brexelumc.com. And with that, I invite everyone to stand in body or in spirit as we sing together.
in my soul, I give you control, consume me from the inside out, Lord, let justice and praise become my embrace, to love you from the inside out, everlasting, your light will shine when all else fades, never ending, your glory goes beyond all fame, and the cry of my heart is to bring you praise from the inside out, oh my soul, cries out everlasting, your light will shine when all else fades, never ending, your glory goes beyond all fame, and the cry of my heart is to bring you praise from the inside out, oh my soul, cries out from the inside out, oh my soul, cries out. seated. It's very distracting when the baby sits up front <laughs> because he's doing such a wonderful job. We have several prayers who, that have come through. Janine asked for prayers for a co-worker who lost her grandmother last night from a stroke. And Barb asked for prayers for upcoming medical test results. And then Janine says prayers of thanksgiving for a healthy new grandson, Santino, who was born on March 15th. And then Jen asked for continued prayers of healing for her friend's 16-year-old son, Jake, who suffered a traumatic brain injury, um, result, which was a result from a fall at the Metro Parks this past week. He is um, in the ICU at Metro and um, is definitely in need of our prayers. And Erin asked for prayers of Thanksgiving that her family's autism fundraiser last night went so well. Um, God gave everyone generous and thoughtful hearts. And Ella asked for prayers for her grandma who is losing strength due to chemo and is moving to assisted living. And Brooke asked for prayers for her best friend and her family. Her great-grandpa is in the hospital and not doing well. Prayers for the people of Ukraine and their pets. And also safety for spring break participants. And Lisa asked for prayers for Diane, who hasn't been out of the house since November due to battling COVID symptoms. And I also do want to um, ask for prayers for all those um, who are struggling due to anxiety, um, depression, all of those um, mental evils that are in our lives due to COVID and, and sheltering at home and, and all of that. And then Jen says, prayers of thanksgiving for the daily grace we all receive. May we all be open to recognizing each grace-filled moment. 
And I do want to give just a, a prayer of thanksgiving for this community of faith, for the new members that I consider friends, who I consider friends, as well as our baptism family. It is so wonderful to have you with us and to have all of your family and friends with us as well. You're welcome anytime, just saying. <laughs> with all of that, let us go to our Lord in prayer. God of open doors, we often long to come home to you, to come home to your love and to come home to ourselves in you. But we aren't always sure how to get there. We know that we need you, but the road back to you is heavy with distractions. So if we can dare to be so forward, God, we pray that you might reach into the cacophony of our hearts and our minds. And God, make yourself known. Quiet everything but your voice for us. Leave us awestruck. Drown out the distractions. And God, come as thunder or come as a still, small voice. We don't care which. We just pray that you will come and that we might hear you. So turn on the light. Speak into our lives Find the parts of us which are lost so that we might be found by you. With hope we pray these things. In the confidence of your children, we pray together the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples, praying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed is thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Before we leave today, we want to give you a few opportunities to live out that grace in the world. One is Camp Wanakee's work day that is scheduled for April 9th. We would love, this is an intergenerational opportunity to serve, and so you can let us know that you're coming by April 1st, and um, we would love to have anyone join us for this um, Saturday workday to prepare one of our camps for the kids this summer. And then Easter is coming very quickly. We would love to have our whole sanctuary altar area filled with beautiful flowers for Easter. And so we're inviting you to order your Easter flowers by April 3rd, which is next Sunday. And then with Easter comes Holy Week before that. And so for Holy Week, we have several services beginning on Palm Sunday, which is April 10th, which is just two weeks away. And on that Sunday, we'll have our 8.30 and 10 o'clock services, and the kids will help lead the service, and it's going to be a grand old time. We'll have our choir and worship band and our kids singing with them, and they'll all be together singing some songs and, and praising for the 8.30 and 10 o'clock service. And then we'll continue throughout the week with a Monday Thursday service at 7 o'clock on Thursday as well as a service for Good Friday on Friday at 7 o'clock. And both of those services will be online as well as here in person. You're invited to participate. And then finally, for Easter, 
That's kind of a big deal around here. And so we will have three services. We'll have our 7 o'clock service. This is going to be our first outdoor service of the year. And then we'll continue our outdoor services after that every morning. But on Easter, 7 o'clock, outdoor, on the lawn, it'll be our sunrise service, and that will be live-streamed as well as here in person. We've, we're figuring out the technology to do live-streaming outside. And then we'll have our 8.30 and 10 o'clock services. At the 8.30, we'll have brass and the organ with the choir, and it's going to be amazing. And then also at the 10 o'clock, it'll be amazing with our worship band. So please feel welcome to come and receive that gift of Easter morning with us. And so with all of that, let us receive our benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Go in peace and not in pieces. Amen. God, we gather as your people to raise our song above and we dare claim the promise of your love. Though the day may not yet be here, we trust it soon will be when your children will be free. Oh, may our hearts and minds be opened, fling the church doors open wide, may there be room enough for everyone inside. In God, there is a welcome. In God, we all belong. May that welcome be our song. Oh, we sing for all the children that one day they be free, and we sing for generations yet to be that they never have a reason to doubt that they are blessed. May they in your love find rest. Oh, may our hearts and minds be opened, fling the church doors open wide. May there be room enough for everyone inside. For in God there is a Welcome be our 
song. God, we're working for the future when children far and wide can live their lives with dignity and pride. As they grow in strength and stature, may they join us hand in hand as against all hate we stand. Oh, may our hearts and minds be open, flame the church doors open wide. May there be room enough for everyone inside. For in God there is a welcome, in God we all belong. May that welcome be our y'all have a wonderful week right this is amazing grace yeah.